0: I don't have any audio, so
1: I don't know for sure whether we're going through or not. Uh, I see flashing red and blue behind you. It's bad news. I can't imagine what that means. And it's not police. GCN,
0: can uh, you get a board up on here to let me know whether or not we're on the air? This is uh, Mark with Free Talk Live. Our number is 855-450-3733. Give us a call, talk about anything you want to talk about. Assuming we're on the air and it doesn't look good. 855-450-3... Let's try this. Free Talk Live, this is Mark. And Daryl. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. GCN, are we live now? You're on. Excellent. Fine. (laughs) All right. A little technical difficulties there, getting started out. It's Mark and Free Talk Live with Sitting in with Daryl, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about here on Free Talk Live. It's a completely open line show, and uh, you you pick the topic. Of course, we'll pick topics in the meantime if you're not uh, calling in, but we're happy to do it. And uh, you can also go to freetalklive.com where you can upload show prep for the show. We have, um, you know, we have a completely interactive website as well as a completely interactive uh, radio show, and you can upload stories or videos or blog posts or whatever you think's important. People will vote them up, vote them down. It's a great way to get your uh, articles you think are important or stuff you've written, seen by other folks. There's lots and lots of people that come to that website. Give us a call at 855-450-3733. Let's go straight into the calls. Derek, got Ty in Tennessee. Ty, you're on free talk live. What's on your mind?
2: Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, Just uh a, listening to the podcast just a little bit ago and uh, uh, wanted to respond a little bit to uh, I believe it was Brian from Grand Rapids who called in uh, with a complaint about the uh, NDAA you know on the possible uh, indefinite detentions but uh, but he was also talking about support for the military and I don't know if he realizes that that actually represents a real big disconnect I think Ian tried to say something but it was almost like he couldn't hear you guys, so he just kept on talking. Uh, I don't think he realized that, that if, if this indefinite detention does happen, it's going to be under the purview of the military. It's going to be militarized indefinite detention.
1: Well, and that's even what the legislation states is military detention.
0: Yeah. And this is this is a huge disconnect for the small government Republican types. I know because I used to be one. I still vote. I mean, I'm still registered Republican, so I wouldn't claim not to be. But the uh, you know, the the idea that, you know, government is incompetent um, and, you know, has improper incentives and in some cases just downright evil until you put uh, an American flag patch on the side of the, their shoulder and and then, give, it's all okay. and then give them a gun because at that point armed bureaucrats are holy bureaucrats it seems that many people many republicans believe and uh, Except for armed IRS agents.
1: The yeah. Republicans seem to be upset over that provision of the uh, Patient Protection Affordable Care Act. <laughs>
0: they, they don't like that particular aspect, nor do they like the, what, you know, the Department of Education has armed uh, you know, agents. The yeah. Department of Education. That's well, crazy. That,
1: that's to make sure that people don't carry guns on campus. I guess. Ty?
2: It's something a lot of people don't seem to realize is that Whatever methods the feds use to try to control people abroad eventually comes back to be used against the general population in the U.S.
1: Exactly. You know, the,
2: modern, the modern surveillance state actually had its roots in the pacification methods used in the Philippines around the turn of the 20th century.
0: Yeah, the, the United States government went out there and uh, pacified some of the Muslim uh, Filipinos out there. It was uh, in a massacre.
2: Well, this was, I mean, I'm talking about when uh, the Spanish Empire was falling and the U.S. went in and said, we're going to free you Filipinos from from this evil Spanish Empire. And then once they kicked out the Spaniards, they took over. The U.S. took over. <laughs> yes. This is around the, the, the dawn of the 20th century.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, that's, that's was, when the American about Empire about. began to expand.
2: That's exactly right. That's when, you know, once... once uh, the U.S. spread from sea to shining sea, it then began to look, oh, where else can we control? And that's, you know, when the Spanish American War occurred and uh, we got involved, or about, I should say, the U.S., it wasn't we, I wasn't even born at that time, but the U.S. got involved with Cuba and Philippines at the same time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of, a, there's a real good book by a, uh, a gentleman named Alfred W. McCoy. It's called uh, Policing America's Empire, the United States, the Philippines, and the Rise of the Surveillance State, where he draws some very interesting parallels to what is happening right now in the Middle East, in Iraq and Afghanistan, with how the U.S. took over the Philippines. Hmm. And no, I'm not familiar with the it. Main point. the main point is that the methods that were used in the Philippines came back almost immediately. and where they started using them uh, against Americans. That was the the beginning of the uh, FBI and the J. Edgar Hoover stuff, you know, and um, now we see the same thing happening with the drones. The drones were being used or are being used overseas in the Middle East, and now they're starting to come into America.
1: Well, they're saying that now in the U.S. they're only going to be used at border crossings to make sure that uh, people aren't illegally entering the country. But even before the Philippines, the American government was using a lot of those same techniques in Hawaii when they went in, overthrew the legitimate queen of Hawaii, set up a republic. Uh, that that was the daughter, the daughter, king.
0: The daughter yeah. of
1: King Kamehameha. You're right. Uh, I I forget the name, Lily something another. Lily yeah. Wokalani. Yes. Uh, overthrew the kingdom of Hawaii, set up a republic, and then said, "Oh well, you know what? Uh, we'll let you be a republic if that's what you want." But it wasn't the Hawaiian people that set up the republic. It was the biz- The people that had the, gone the in. The people. That actually ran the Dole Pineapple Company at the time, or exactly. the ones that set up and the republic, and then said, uh, yeah, please annex us. It's and that's how Hawaii became and, a state.
3: And the sugarcane sugar cane people, too. Right. Yeah. And, and as I understand,
0: the, the, native, uh, the native population there refused to participate in the vote. Right. And so, basically, there was a vote uh, for annexation, and if you didn't
1: vote, you got annexed. Uh, I, actually, you're referring to the vote for statehood. Okay. Where they said anybody that's been in the country or in Hawaii, which was a territory at the time, anybody that's been in Hawaii for at least over a year and does not pledge allegiance to, you know, this uh former kingdom. Mm. So basically, all right, uh we're gonna take a vote, but only the people in the only- military get to vote. <laughs>
0: only the white people. <laughs> yeah. And, only and the very, very get to vote. few
1: natives. So it'd be like If right now we say, okay, we're going to give the Iraqi people a vote on statehood, but nobody that was loyal to Saddam Hussein gets to vote, and anybody that's been in the country over a year, which is basically the American military and those that are... Diplomats and bureaucrats that happen to be there. Yeah, well, and the Iraqis that are now loyalists to the U.S. You're the only ones that get to vote. Of course the vote's going to come out 72 80%. Some odd in favor of statehood because it's only the loyalists that are getting to vote. And I'll tell you,
0: there's a lot of people over, you know, Native Hawaiians that want nothing to do with being a, you know, part of the United States.
1: There's actually a fairly large Hawaiian sovereignty movement. Yeah, pretty large. And they were able to occupy the. Congress, the I'm
2: sorry. The, go ahead. Uh, Congress actually actually apologized for illegally overthrowing Hawaii. Did you know that? No. In 1993.
1: Was in nineteen ninety three on the hundredth year anniversary.
2: Yeah, they actually apologized for it and, and, and admitted that they illegally overthrew it and they used the U.S. Marines uh, for the corporate interests to overthrow the Kingdom of Hawaii. Of
0: course, they, they didn't. They, they didn't attempt to give it back. Right? Uh, I don't even know how you could give it back. <laughs> At this point, you know, there's so many people that are so thoroughly invested that are of mixed heritage or, you know, completely Howley heritage hey, or whatever. Here's how you here's how you give it back. And, well, I'll tell you after the break. Derek has some words of wisdom. Ty, thanks for the call. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition with Mark and Daryl. Bardo Fest is a camping gathering at Bardo Farm, an off the grid, eco friendly farm in Croydon, New Hampshire. Attendees will enjoy live music performances, sustainability workshops, comedy, firearms education, terrific farm raised food, vendors, and camping under the stars. Treat yourself and relax at Bardo Fest, May 25th through the 28th. A full festival pass, including camping, is just $50. Go to bardoproject.com. B A R D O project.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the Sakel toll-free call in line on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Daryl. And Daryl. I, I was calling you Derek during the uh, first segment. We have uh, you know two co-hosts and one's named Daryl, one's named Derek, and that gets a little confusing sometimes. Sorry about that. Um, 855-450-3733. Three, three. So you were going to expound with some words of wisdom there, Daryl, but first I want to tell everybody about manventureoutpost.com. If you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear for the outdoor enthusiast in your life, or maybe you are an outdoor enthusiast, you you want to get the name brands and you want to get them at the best rates you can. ManVentureOutpost.com's got everything you need, and it's got them at stunningly low rates. Go check them out. Knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, everything you need. They're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Coupon code FTL.
1: So, You, I I can't remember, was it Hawaii? What was the? the Yes, uh, I I have a proposal for how to attempt to rectify the situation where the uh, once sovereign nation of Hawaii was illegally overthrown by the U.S. government and how to attempt to give them sovereignty once again, should they desire such. Here's what you do. And this could be used with every current territory of the U.S., every Indian tribe, or any other you know political political designation that once was independent that might want to be again. Okay, you hold a two-step vote. You ask question one, and you could do these on the same ballot. Okay, question. I was going to ask that. Question one, and uh, there's actually a bill in Congress right now that would do this for Puerto Rico. Okay. Question I'm, willing,
0: one. I'm willing to claim any ethnicity at all in order to get some kind of uh independence
1: from the from washington d c. Question one do you wish to change your status? Okay should a majority of voters on that day vote yes, then the results of question two would then immediately you know, kick, in. kick kick in you know might be like a 90 day takeover period. Question two. Would be what status do you desire? So for Hawaii, which is currently a state, they would be given the option of territory, which I don't know why anyone would want. Well, apparently uh, Puerto Rico didn't want to move from territory to statehood. Uh, I'll I'll get into that okay. in just a minute. Uh, question to You know, what 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 do you want? So territory, it, you know, assuming for they're, Hawaii, they're already statehood. They're, they're already statehood. So, you know, um. they wouldn't have statehood as an option. It would be territory independent or independent in free association. Okay. Which is what uh, Micronesia and uh, a couple other Pacific nations. American Samoa, maybe? Uh, no, American Samoa is actually a territory. Okay. Uh, but Micronesia and I believe it's like Tuvalu or okay. Palau, they once were territories. They're now independent, but they're in free association, which means that they were plot rely on the american military for defense the u.s post office delivers their mail and there are other benefits that they get from being in free association does that mean they pay income tax they pay no taxes to the u.s federal government because they're independent but they get um military coverage (laughs) right (laughs) okay (laughs) so basically you know there's a treaty of hey we're you know only a country with fifty thousand people you'll provide our military for us and we'll you know, do these other things. So anybody from Micronesia that wants to become an American citizen, they get fast tracked because of the free association.
0: So people will often think that this uh, not having a military thing is terrible for a country. But if you look at World War II, we've got seventy years of uh, of you know uh, perspective now on World War II. What two countries in the world behind the United States have one of the largest economies? And it would be Japan and germany yeah you know i mean these countries that are allowed to keep their militaries like france and england and uh, australia they're kind of floundering comparatively um to to you know these other countries why because they don't have to spend some giant portion of their budget on keeping up military
1: exactly
0: now i'm not sure that that's an option that's uh you know really on the table for the united states and though the you know the way that it's you know apparently the only thing the United States at this point is really exporting is is bullets mm-hmm. um, you know <laughs> things, things that go kapow. Yeah. Um, so you know I don't know I don't know how that would work. I can see why people don't want to uh, you know want, you want the United States to uh, downsize its military because of China and stuff like that. but the United States is spending uh, why 10, do we have ten dollars
1: 50- for every one that China is on its military? Why do we have 50,000 troops still sitting in Germany?
0: It, they could the, the the you know it could be the Fourth Reich any at any moment. Well, because they want to, because they want to be that close, right. the, As close as possible to the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union, now Russia, and
1: I, Japan. But, I don't know. know. There, there are literally a hundred thousand troops in Europe. Oh sure, keep it keeping it Europe
0: safe as if as if the European countries don't have their own militaries. Right. I don't
1: know. I it was, we, it, we could vary, and uh, you know, the we, Uh, the United States could very easily go to a military similar to what Switzerland has, to where every able-bodied man between 18 and 65 who does not opt out for religious exemption is part of the militia. Mm -hmm. You train regularly. I forget exactly how long, but, you know, nobody is active duty and you only get called up in case of invasion, which doesn't happen to switzerland
0: i think they're, uh, they're, their 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 navy is probably pretty minuscule and uh it's, <laughs> it's the u.s navy that uh, tends to keep the you know supposed peace on the open seas not right. that they're doing that great of a job on the horn of africa right now uh, i mean p- apparently pirates
1: are, are rampant over there and although looking- apparently in switzerland people do line up and actually volunteer to go take care of military and vatican which is really what? weird that Switzerland... It's the Swiss Guard. Yeah, the Swiss Guard is the military force that guards Vatican City.
0: Have you seen the outfits they've got?
1: Does, oh, yeah. It, uh, it, uh, actually reminds me of that weird funny hat that Ian wears. <laughs> it's bizarre stuff. It's, it's multicolored Sort of things. a rainbow sort of uh, balloon pants. Yep. They think, they think they of a Nazi th- outfit in rainbow colors. <laughs> it. Uh, they also have like a bird, which is this giant spike
0: thing that was used for like dismounting i want to open I, carry one of those
1: <laughs> i don't know where you would how you'd even bring it into a store i mean it's like 15 feet long <laughs> i don't know but i could just imagine the kpd uh there's some guy open carrying a large spike looking object uh, not really sure what we can cite him on. yeah, I don't. I, I mentioned most police departments would be very surprised
0: by what's uh, what somebody carrying around a, a giant beard But um, there actually, I do have a story on the idea of privatizing pirate hunting over on the Horn of Africa. It's uh, from this one's from uh, the Voice of Russia. And you know sometimes in order to get these uh, these interesting stories, one has to go to different locations. I'll be happy to expound upon it here shortly. Our number is 855-450-3733 here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE.
1: What has happened to America, and when did it become okay for the government to extort wealth from the American people? As a former law enforcement officer, I have explained in my new book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, how absolute property ownership has been denied to the American people, how and why inflation is fleecing America, how law enforcement officers are being used to suppress and criminalize the beliefs of liberty and freedom. In Plain Sight explains how we can restore what was once a free America. Get your copy of In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com.
0: Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the Sakel toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can give us a call, talk about anything you want to talk about here on the Live Sunday Edition with Mark. And Daryl. But I've got an article here from, well, it's uh, talking about whether or not fighting pirates should be privatized. And it's uh, from... Uh, the Voice of Russia, uh, not an article, not a not a news source that we normally quote here on Free Talk Live. Not that I've got a problem with it. I don't know much about The Voice of Russia. I guess I've heard of them before. But, uh, you know, sometimes to get these different ideas, you need to step out of the United States sort of news system paradigm in order to uh, find different ideas. But first, if you run a website or a blog and you're looking to add a forum but won't compromise the privacy of your users, consider plainboards.com. Plainboards.com offers free-to-use anonymous message boards to anyone who wants to start one. There's no installation necessary and no identification or logging in required. You can start your board in seconds. Add this new great feature of uh, forum to your website for your users and do it in seconds. You can protect their privacy with plain, Plainboards.com. It's encrypted and secure. The uh, gentleman that runs Plainboards very, very interested in uh, in security. Plainboards.com. So, here from the voice of Russia, several private insurance companies are planning to create a naval force of their own in order to protect cargo ships from pirates in the Indian Ocean. Now, I mean, I'm assuming that the reason that they want to protect shipping in the Indian Ocean is A, there's a problem with pirates, and B, whatever uh, monopolistic government organization that has claimed that they are going to protect them on that area of water isn't. has failed. Yeah, is just not, not doing it well enough. Now, I don't understand, frankly, why they don't just arm these ships with water cannons. And, I mean, they've got water cannons that'll shoot water three-quarters of a mile. And that ought to, to take care of any old pirate ship out there. Just fill it full
1: of water and not. I, I believe that there is some kind of international law or you know some against, treaty against firearms. merchant ships yeah, be, being able to possess weapons. Because I think that's true, but no I don't. I, a water cannon isn't really a weapon. Uh, it could be okay. Just you know, look, look back in you know the 1960s when they were using fire hoses against peaceful protesters. Well, that's why they—that's why so they claim it it's could a, be. It could be used as a weapon.
0: I don't understand, but that's fine. I mean, you know, neither one of us maritime experts over here. I'd be interested in finding out uh, why it is they're not going with that. Because seems a lot cheaper than putting out. Uh, I don't know, whatever it is they're intending to do. Uh, Some ship owners and experts are worried that this is only a way for these companies to earn more money. Good heavens. The author of this project calls it Convoy Escort Program. The first private squadron of ships consisting of seven high-speed motorboats will appear in the northwest part of the Indian Ocean this summer. Later, another 11 boats will join them. There will be four sailors and eight armed guards on each boat. The project's authors believe that that'll be quite enough to repel attacks from pirates who usually also use motorboats or fishing boats. The fleet is private. Its services will be for pay, namely $18,000 for one motorboat. And I guess that's going to be an escort. The project's um, initiators believe that this is a fair price. The project's authors claim that governments and international organizations uh, are at present incapable of rebuffing the private's and uh, to a certain extent this is true said so there's got some expert here in uh, law says uh, this is true although the UN Security Council has adopted several decisions decisions they 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 kind of run around the boat and protect you these decisions they're they're dastardly little things which i find quite well grounded aimed at unifying international laws to fight against piracy a few practical steps have uh, already a few practical steps have already been taken the positions of various states on how to fight against piracy, mainly on how to finance the fleet used against pirates, are still quite contradictory. I believe the private initiative here may be helpful. So, um, you know, some experts, I guess, are less optimistic. They're skeptical about the very idea of a private fleet being used to protect cargo ships from pirates. Experts are worried that private companies are just trying to line their pockets by offering their services to cargo ship's owners. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> uh, somebody's going to got to be out there with a boat with guns on it if there if a boat with guns on it is needed whether it's a you know the taxpayers of the United States of America really what is our I'm speaking of people in the United States
1: who are you know what's our
0: obligation to keep the horn of Africa free of pirates
1: i personally have no obligation to keep any Area of ocean free from pirates.
0: If if they're going to claim that I have an obligation to keep some area free from pirates, it would be that area that was within, say, oh, a hundred miles of the United States, right? Uh, actually, international waters begin at, I believe, it's twelve uh, yeah, nautical tw- miles. So, 12, but there's like fishing. You have like there's like maritime fishing rules. I that don't go think to you 100.
1: even have any obligation to go outside of what's recognized as international waters. I I'm, I'm with i I could be incorrect on that. So, uh, maybe but, somebody, maybe instead of hiring a private insurance company to do this, they should hire Brinks. Do you think Brinks are, uh, Western? That they could certainly, you know, find some boats somewhere because they're already in the, you know, protection industry. Mm-hmm. We protect your home when you're not there. It's true. So, we protect your boat when you're going around the Horn of Africa. Well, Brinks didn't do it. This company did. So, I guess first to market I, really matters. Right. I'm just saying. You know, because they're saying, well, this insurance company, they're just trying to make money.
0: Well, (laughs) all right. Yes. Anybody who's out there in the
1: marketplace providing a service is trying to make some money. My, My example of Bricks was they're already providing a similar service, you know, not your boat and not in the ocean. They're protecting your home when you're not there. So would there be the claim of they're just trying to make money if they were protecting merchant ships in the middle of the ocean? I, I I don't know why it is
0: that they're claiming that. I mean, it's it seems a bizarre thing to claim. It's like people have a problem with other people making money. People who get paychecks for a living have a problem with people who want to go out and provide a good or a service for money. Mark, it's you're insane. only upset
1: because you're trying to make money.
0: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. I mean... <laughs> i i, I yeah, yes i I'm, I'm gonna admit it right here on the air free talk live is a for-profit business and we hope to make money that's the reason that we well i don't know if it's the reason we do the show the reason we do the show is because we love doing radio but it's a nice it's way to certainly make money a reason yeah. to do the show it it beats working for a living i can tell you that
1: because having all of this nice equipment and not broadcasting to anyone doesn't really meet either objective
0: Now here's, this guy says, a private company can hardly possess enough means to effectively fight against piracy. Even if it's a big company, its capacities most likely can hardly be compared with that of the United Forces of the entire world. As if the United Forces of the entire world are doing anything about piracy. It's been going on for
1: years. As if the entire forces of the entire world are going after a single merchant ship. I I just don't I'm insane it's insane so okay how many pirates are normally on one of these little motorboats that goes to attack a okay so five or six pirates attacking a boat and we have I believe it's uh 12 people on our little protection boat yeah 12 is greater than five or six It doesn't take a rock science to figure that out. You know, a battleship a half a world away is of
0: no value to you when Somali pirates have taken over your boat. Right. I mean, yes, he's right. So as long
1: as you have more people than what they send to attack your vessel, you are adequately equipped to defend against... Pirates.
0: And this guy who says the world, that that the private companies are only interested in earning money, says that if the world's community was really interested in doing away with piracy, that it could be done in a moment. But the fact is that these governments and the bureaucrats that run these governments, surprise, surprise, Mr. Oshesky, are only interested in power and money. They're not even interested in providing you protection from piracy. Know how I know? They're not. 855-450-3733. If you think that uh, some governmental agency is going to be better at fighting pirates, please call in and let me know who it is. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live.
4: The Liberty Movement is bursting at the seams with women from all walks of life who are courageously dedicating their time and energy in the pursuit of a freer society. Every day, the message is spread by this small but growing demographic. This year, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, the creators of Silver Circle will be giving away the first ever Zoe Taylor Award. Zoe Taylor is the lead female rebel in the upcoming animated film, Silver Circle, whose dedication to destroying the Federal Reserve makes her a positive female role model. Nominate who you think deserves the Zoe Taylor Award today by sending an email with the name and a 300-word minimum essay of why you think this person deserves the Zoe Taylor Award to award at SilverCircleMovie.com. The deadline for nominations is June 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Visit silvercirclemovie.com for more details.
0: Free Talk Live 855-450 That's the Sakel Toll Free Call-In Line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We uh, take your calls. It's an open lines, current events program. You can call in with whatever's on your mind. Go check out freetalklive.com. There we have archives for you. Archives going back for more than five years for free. I don't know of any commercial radio program that makes its archives available to you in that fashion, but Free Talk Live does because we want you to have that audio content if that's what you want. So if you know, you're know you perhaps commuting, gardening, working out, whatever your reason for wanting more episodes of Free Talk Live, you can get them going back for five years. It's a lot of audio content. It's archives.freetalklive.com. It's Mark with you. And Daryl. Live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Let's go to jim in kalamazoo jim you're on free talk live what's on your mind
2: yeah hi i just uh turned you out of my car and uh, heard you talking about the smith the and i didn't get to hear your comments but uh it piqued my interest because i've been following it on uh, facebook and first i'd like to just uh thank representative amash for how he handles his facebook page uh putting all his votes out there and i would call on my representative fred upton to do the same because uh, i can't get the same information out of him that i can get from uh Justin Amash, but uh,
0: yeah, I just Jim, it, um, b- before you go on, yeah. uh, before you make your explanation, I just want to make it clear to everybody that uh, Free Talk Live does seven days a week, and some stations carry us delay broadcasts. So Jim's hearing an okay. older episode of Free Talk Live. Although you can call in and talk about whatever you want, so go right ahead, Jim. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. So um, anyway, just that the Smith Amash amendment, I just find it incredulous that uh, we're we're not getting. Hundred percent support across the board from our representatives. Uh, I just I can't believe that would fail.
0: Now, can First you? Point, uh, can, NDAA can,
2: would pass, but
0: can can you uh, re- re- remind everybody what the uh, the, the Samosh amendment is?
2: Well, it's, it's an amendment to the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, which 20... our Michigan representatives keep putting out.
0: Yep, 2012. Uh, There's one April every 8. year. Yep.
2: Right. So this will be the amendment to the 2013. Uh, NDAA, I guess, but, uh, yeah, it basically just exempts, uh, I I think it's all Americans, or actually, I guess any person arrested on U.S. soil.
1: um, Any soil claimed by the U.S. government, which would include, you know, all 50 states, District of Columbia, all the territories, and possession. Several little clods of uh, dirt floating around in the oceans. Yes.
2: Right, from all, basically from that indefinite uh, detention and, and uh, you know your right to attorney and all that stuff. So uh,
1: but that got shot I, down. Yeah, I can't, the I, day after, the day after, a federal court judge ruled that it was those provisions were unconstitutional because they were illegally vague about who it actually applied to.
2: Right, right. So, and, and of course, my representative Fred Upton. Uh, voted in the affirmative, or actually voted against that, voted in the, in the affirmative for uh, NDAA. Now, the, the frustrating thing is I've contacted him on his Facebook page, all this sort of thing. Uh, the only one that, the only person that's willing to talk to me about it is Representative Amash himself from Grand Rapids, who's just, just north of where I'm at. Um, and I can get him to talk to me all day long about it, uh, but my own representative won't explain uh, why he's voting the way he's voting for or against the Amash Amendment. But for NDAA. So I guess that's the frustrating thing to me. Is
0: uh, um is your representative uh, an incumbent?
2: Uh, yes he is.
0: And uh, you know, how long has he been in office?
2: You know, I'm not exactly sure but I I think it's the early '80s. <laughs> yep. so it's been a and long time. this is the reason. the old guard Republicans.
0: This is the reason because incumbents have about a 90 plus. I can't remember. 93 percent. 93 percent reelection rate. So essentially, all they have to do
1: is continue to suck air into their lungs. Fred Upton has been serving since 1987, Pretty which good. means he was first elected in '86. Jim did a great job with that then.
0: And a uh, bit off, yeah. And you know, I mean, they don't have to. They don't. They don't serve. They don't have to serve. They <laughs> they simply live, and they're they
1: continue to be reelected. And in most cases, the districts are so gerrymandered in their favor that their buddies in the state legislature are choosing the constituents for them instead of right. the constituents choosing a representative. Yep, it's true.
2: Well, I would actually, I'd really call on the the uh, people, the constituents themselves, to stop watching their favorite. Favorite uh, TV shows every night, and just start paying a little bit of attention. Even just, even just a little bit of attention, I think, uh, given to these these races, I think we could unseat some of these guys. But the the old dog Republicans, I I think, are probably, in my opinion, just as much of a problem as uh, any any of the Democrats. But.
0: You know, it's it's really frustrating to try to figure out how one fixes this system. And I frankly have given up. I mean, I just have the opinion... Uh, I,
1: I have a lot of proposals on how to fix the system. Well, I
0: mean, I, I say that uh, what I say is, let's let's amend the Constitution to say that we need, oh, say 75% or 100% of the representatives to vote in the affirmative in order to pass a law. Right. I think that that would be an effective way to get all the good laws passed and all the crappy ones not. Because right. there's a lot of these well, they, by small margins. Here's what
1: they would do. They would put all of the crappy bills into one big giant right. bill. Well,
0: 46 of the states um, do not allow you to put two different proposals in. Right.
1: Um, but to, Congress does. Yes, that's right. And right. Jim, right. Since, since you're listening to potentially a uh, delayed broadcast, while I have you on the phone, I would like to make a book suggestion for you. Duopoly, right. How the Republicans Control the Electoral Process.
2: Duopoly? Did you
1: say? Yes.
0: Okay. And uh, you know, I mean, it's it's true. I mean, it's it, there are two sides of the same big government coin out there: the Republicans and the Democrats. I, I was a I was good Rush Republican up until two thousand, somewhere in the, the, the two thousand to two thousand and six, when I saw what a government full of Republicans does. And the fact is, it grows the government. I was surprised, you know. I, I I'd heard that Reagan grew that the government grew under Reagan, but it was easy for me to dismiss it and say because it was the Democrats. It was that Tip O'Neill's fault, uh, but <laughs> right. you know, and and I knew that the contract of America with America. That, well, you know, funny thing, they're not really getting all that stuff done, and then when they had the opportunity, they didn't yeah, get it done. Yeah.
2: Well, and I think that for for me, it was uh, the disappointment with uh, George Bush and, you know, things like the Patriot Act and that sort of sure. thing. I just got, I got to the point where, you know, I realized we're getting a lot of promises in these campaigns and then, you know, the second they take office, you know, we see a whole, a whole different side of them. So, you know, and I realized, you know, these Republicans that i have supported all of my voting life, which isn't that long, but, you know, a good 15 years or so, um, you know, we're just not getting what we're voting for. And, uh, I don't know I, I, if you really ask me a I'm doing a lot of reading in, uh, like, the Federalist Papers and those sort of things. And, uh, you know, I, I think we need to get back to people, in my opinion, I, I don't know what the going opinion is out there, but Ron, people like Ron Paul, Justin Amash, people like them. Oh, yeah, those are who my are, and, uh, I,
1: I would suggest that you favorites. read the Anti-Federalist Papers. <laughs> Another oh, out there.
2: Um,
0: oh, okay. Okay. One thing that needs to be considered is is that the uh, the Constitution is a piece of paper that was drawn up, but it was it was really I mean they were redrawing the the Articles of Confederation, and right. then right. you know they just kind of threw this Constitution out there and uh, you know it increased the scope of the government by a great deal. Um, you know John Jay and uh, Alexander Hamilton they just d- couldn't believe for a second that the Republic could exist without a centralized military, and I don't know whether it could or not. We'll never and
1: know. Patrick Henry. Was actually invited to the Constitutional Convention, and he said, "I will not go. I smell a rat."
2: Right. Yep. Yeah, I remember him speaking. In fact, I just read a letter of his in the Federalist Papers that spoke out heavily against the Constitution. But, but uh, yeah, I think it's just we need to get back to this these true, I don't know, founding father patriots like we like what we have. Uh, but it's it's going to take people waking up, and uh, you know. Watching their well, but the, night.
1: but the current duopoly yeah, in existence, getting good people elected is very difficult.
0: Well, and I'd, I'd remind you that these founding fathers basically are the people that set this system up. Now, I, I, admittedly, the government was much smaller than it hadn't had a chance to figure out all the cracks and crevices in the Constitution and all that time to grow, but... I mean, I I like Lysander Spooner's quote from the 1870s, where he says either the Constitution has sanctioned all these uh, these in, intolerable acts, or it's been powerless to prevent them. I mean, I, I used to be this constitutionalist guy out there, but frankly, I, I I'm not I'm not a fan of the the, the document anymore, simply because we 've had the document all along and the the fact is that it really gives appellate power to nine people in black moomoo's in Washington DC and says whether or not th- they decide what you and I read in the Constitution where it says the gold and silver shall be the uh, you know the, the the
1: the the currency for the states nope right. <laughs> and actually the Constitution doesn't give give the Supreme Court the right to overturn laws the Supreme Court gave themselves that power they did but they they have appellate jurisdiction and that's what they call it that's, that's how they decide to
0: interpret it. Jim, thanks for the call. Bye. Appreciate it. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Your call next. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's a Sakel toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. It's the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Daryl. 855-450-FREE. And uh, we'll take your calls on whatever topic you want to wanna call in about. But check out the listen lines. We've got all kinds of different ways to listen to Free Talk Live. Not only on we on more than 100 great radio stations across the country and XM, but we've got free-to-air satellite, live streams, the website. Uh, is all you have to go to do is freetalklive.com. Click on the, uh, t- I think it's the tune-in link at the uh, top left there. There's uh, the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. You can see us. If that's what you wish to do. And uh, listen lines are telephone numbers you can call in and listen to Free Talk Live. If you've got no other way to listen, it's listen.freetalklive.com. Daryl, let's go to the calls here. Let's take Matt in Tennessee. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
2: Well, I've been listening to your show, and I like the direction it's going. I've called in a couple other times in the past. Okay. Didn't have a real good experience.
0: I'm sorry about that.
2: But I'll tell you what. This topic of the Constitution is something that that y'all struck a chord with me mm-hmm. in, the, in this whole thing about uh, one of you said that you were a strict constitutionalist. And now you're doubting that position. Yeah,
0: that's and you uh, me, Mark. Somebody, Lysander Spooner.
2: Right, right. And, and you, you quoted, uh, oh, Lysander Spooner is one of the hosts.
0: No, no, Lysander Spooner is the person I quoted. My name is Mark.
2: Okay, right. It, it,
0: Spooner's you know, been dead for a long time.
2: Accident or, or was allowed.
0: I'm sorry, what's that? It, it, the, either, the Constitution either, what? I, I don't know the exact
1: quote. It exactly. has either allowed such government as we have or has been powerless to prevent it. In either case, it is unfit to exist. Or Absolutely. as Butler Schaefer would say, the Constitution is that piece of paper that prevents the government from doing all of the horrible things that it does.
2: You know, it's interesting. One of the current things, uh, actually on GCN preceding you, was uh, Alex Jones' Sunday broadcast. And they're making a great big deal about this birther issue. Okay. With Barry Sotero, you know, the Kenyan-born guy, and they're saying he's usurper-in-chief and everything, and I don't really disagree with that.
0: I don't know anything about it.
2: Well... The Constitution says that um, people need to be natural born at the time of the the at the time the Constitution was ratified. Mm-hmm. It's an Article Two. I don't have it in front of me.
1: Natural right, born uh, citizen, yeah, yeah, I know. At least thirty five years old and live in the U.S. for at least the previous fourteen years.
2: Yes, it does say that.
1: Okay, well, so what's the point?
2: Anyway, well, I just think that, uh, like, the direction your show was going was a good one because I don't really trust the Constitution that much anymore. Either, you know, Thomas Jefferson uh, said that the judiciary could be the despotic branch, and, of course, the Congress is full of attorneys, and they're members of the bar, and we just... Uh, you know, I'm I, I'm seeing a judiciary that is uh, confused and doesn't know which way to go. Uh, I mean, it's almost like the political paradigm. Well, they seem. The
0: j- they they seem to know where to go. They're 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 you know they're doing. They know where their br- bread is buttered. I mean if they if they rule in certain ways then they'll get promotions and uh, things will go well for them. Um, if they don't rule in certain ways they're they're not going to. They pick
1: and choose carefully what cases they decide.
0: You really pointed out. I think that the crux of the problem here with uh, the the lawmakers in this country is that it's a bunch of lawyers and what they're doing is they're figuring out ways that lawyers can make money. They call it rent-seeking behavior. And there's a self-perpetuating elite. They control, of course, the the output of the legislature and they produce laws that are so confusing and and Byzantine Byzantine that the rest of us can't figure them out. Uh, they're, They're ambiguous, meaning that if you get two or three or four lawyers in a room and you ask them questions about a particular law, they'll have different answers. And
1: that way you need a lawyer to interpret them. Of course, each lawyer interprets them differently and you also need the entire federal code of regulations because if you try to read some of these larger bills it will say amending section 214 of this act here uh, paragraph d strike this sentence and replace it with this well then you need to go figure out what law they're amending what it actually says what it actually means because it probably references several other things so it's impossible to know what's going on
2: i call it job creation they're creating jobs and it's interesting this uh uh idea of people getting contracts to be married whether they be of whichever persuasion just invites the judiciary in and they're making a big deal about what uh sotero did with the uh you know gay president thing whatever um but the issue is I know in the state of Iowa uh they voted uh, seven to nothing on the on the state bench to allow um same gendered people to get uh marriage contracts with the state mm-hmm. and uh of course, in Iowa, they elect those those people on onto the bench uh, did they uh, get- un- unelected pretty quick? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they get unelected, but the thing is, is people unelect them, be- you know, because of some moral fervor or some type of, you know, we don't like those type of people thing, sure. and, and and that's not the issue. The issue is, you know, why would I mean I I am not of that persuasion. I'm a heterosexual. Doesn't matter but if I was a homosexual, I
3: would with my partner.
2: I would not want to invite the state into our affairs if if it came to the point where we wanted to dissolve that contract because but you know you gotta like you were saying, you gotta have three or four lawyers to interpret a law blah blah blah, and the the attorneys that are elected representatives and also the ones that serve in judicial capacities seem to create jobs for themselves
0: oh yeah they're, they're absolutely perpetuating uh, th- their own job creation now sometimes people want to be married for several different reasons it usually has to do with some benefit from work or um you know something like that and uh, you know i'm not i'm not a big fan of uh, businesses being forced to provide benefits for who they don't want to provide benefits for but you know i mean i can i can see why some couples want to be to to have those
1: same, whatever those benefits might be. There are a lot of companies now, especially the larger ones, and I worked for one for four years, that the way their uh, benefits were set up to allow for gay couples that are together to get benefits, a heterosexual couple that is in a committed relationship living together, basically under common law marriage, Mm is provided those same benefits as well.
0: Yeah, that seems fair to me. Matt, I appreciate well, the call.
2: Interesting. Great combo. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Thanks, Thanks Matt.
0: Matt. 855-450-3733. You know, I mean, I, 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 I'm with Matt on on this issue. I, I don't know why exactly people, people want to get the, the state involved in their marriage. I know why I did it personally, because my wife worked at a job where she had insurance that was provided to her, and if I got married to her, I could get an operation that I wanted to get, and we would have medical insurance.
1: And at that I point. don't believe that Florida recognizes common law marriage. I don't think it does. I don't. I wouldn't be able to a- answer that at that point. We had not been together that long anyway, so you know, that's, it, it doesn't matter how long you've been together as long as you consider yourselves husband and wife. Mm-hmm. That is what common law marriage oh, I see. is. I thought there's on. the myth that you have to be together for seven years. I see. That is not at all what common law marriage is. I got you. Uh, Colorado accepts common law marriage. And this,
0: I mean, this is the same sort of marriage New that New Hampshire that does. George and Martha Washington had. I mean, you know, I mean, They, exactly. were, they were married. Com- they were married by some preacher who wrote in their Bible. Married the, on such and such a day.
1: The first marriage license laws came about after Reconstruction. Yeah. That, that after slavery. Uh, you know, basically to prevent blacks and whites from getting
0: married. Right. eight five five four five zero three seven three three Your calls next on Free Talk Live. eight five five four five zero free. Free Talk Live, 855 four fifty three. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday Edition with Mark and Daryl. 855-450-3733. I want to tell you about bitcoins. They're the world's first, potentially anonymous, digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service that you've got to abide by. Anyone can download the free Bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world without needing permission from any bank or government. You can learn more by visiting weusecoins.org. It's weusecoins.org, and there's a short video there to watch. uh, Maybe I think it's a minute and 44 seconds. and. If you want to get bitcoins, you can do it with a BitInstant.com. You can have your bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. It's BitInstant.com. So Daryl, you've got a, a story on, is it the, the G8, G20? Uh, NATO. Yeah, NATO, whatever it is, whatever is going on there in, in Chicago.
1: Yes, uh, ABC News, com, and several other organizations are reporting on the NATO summit. And some protesters have been held without charge after a raid in Chicago by the Chicago PD, and uh, they were actually detained for 24 hours without charge, two days after a judge ruled that indefinite detention in the U.S. is illegal. Okay. Uh, so let <laughs> well, me 24 read... hours isn't a huge amount of time, but okay. Right. But still, you know, arrested without charge. All right. Uh, so let me read the article here from truthout.org. A preemptive raid by the Chicago PD on the home of two Occupy Chicago activists may have happened without a search warrant, said the National Lawyers Guild, the NLG. Wow, uh, without a search warrant. And without a search warrant. Raid without a search warrant, okay. Um let you know, actually let's
0: step down for a second. Let's uh, we got some calls coming in here. Let's Certainly. take uh, Chris from South Carolina. Chris, you're on free talk live. What's on your mind?
2: Yeah, I just—I had a comment about uh, the previous caller just a few minutes ago about uh, about the Constitution. Okay. Um, well, you know, the way I look at it, I look at the Constitution. I think it's an inspired document. Uh, in my mind, it fits probably just below the Bible as far as as far as being it. A,
0: a lot a, of people have this attitude. Doctrine. Like like Abra- Abraham Lincoln came from down from uh, Mount Vernon with the uh, the, the two tablets uh, carved with the Bill of Rights in it, and that uh, you know he presented them to uh, Patrick Henry there uh, with a peace branch or whatever whatever the story is that this is somehow this wasn't gov- this wasn't a governmental b- uh, document come up through uh, say compromise but that this document is somehow um, you know inspired by God. Go ahead, Three wise men. Yeah, right. And
2: uh, I mean you know it didn't come off Mount Sinai by any means, but you know the point that I that that I would make concerning it is, you know, just in the same way that you know having the Bible doesn't keep people from uh, being lousy people. Okay. Having the Constitution doesn't keep our government in check. But
0: the but our the Bible doesn't happens. bind anybody. The bi- you know people don't swear in, uh, people that's you know I mean if people swear an oath to the Bible you can point out hey they're doing this or they're doing that and the Bible. Actually has some punishments involved, whereas the Constitution is the highest law in the land, but a law without a punishment is really a law without teeth wouldn't you agree? I mean thou shalt not steal, but if you do steal we 're not going to cut your hand off
2: well here, here's the issue you know the Bible has punishments, but the majority of the, the majority of the punishments in the Bible I mean you can point to the Ten Commandments being a being a temporal law, but they're also a law with God and you know, most of the punishments involved with the Bible with sin do not come from man, they come from God. But the Constitution has, has limits that are written
1: out. <laughs> they're lit, They're written. <laughs> they're <laughs> written, they're not followed, and there's no way to prevent the federal government from doing whatever it is that they yes, want.
2: Yes, there is, because that's written out in the Constitution as well. What's that? I don't blame necessarily the federal government for everything that they're doing. I blame the people.
0: Okay, so this is where you come off the rails here, Chris. It's important to understand this. The Constitution is a document that was signed and agreed to and is intended to bind the government. It doesn't bind you and me. Unless you swore an oath to it. I haven't sworn an oath to it. I haven't either. It's not a document that is intended to bind the people. To, and I, I've su- said, to suggest that the people are responsible to forcing their government to abide by the Constitution doesn't acknowledge that the Constitution is intended to bind you know the government binding itself. That's what
1: Madison, the guy who wrote it, said. I've sent letters to several members of the federal government letting them know that I do not consent to be governed. But yet they still attempt to hold me to the laws that are written.
2: Correct, and just like you know, yes, people will swear an oath on the Bible and still break all the laws. In they can still choose to do whatever they want. It's a guideline that's been given, but still people still choose to do as they want to do.
0: But do you understand how having but the to same say way,
2: that the guideline has been given, and unfortunately, the guideline's there, and it's there to set up our government and just, and it, it draws out how our government is supposed to be run. All right, Chris. Look, man, corrupt officials have
0: Right, but you to see, to that's what's going to happen, down Chris. Down. If these people, these are people inspired by Jehovah, uh, who set up this this monopoly privilege on the use of violence in a given area called the United States of America. That's what the Constitution is. It is a it is a document giving monopoly privilege to this group of lawyers. If though you know those people are, and then you you give them that uh, that that privilege, and then say work within this document. Now, don't forget, according to. The, the Supreme Court claiming for itself uh, this uh, appellate jurisdiction as the ability to interpret the Constitution, your plain reading of the document and my plain reading of the document don't matter. The Constitution could say that the sky is blue. You and I could agree that the sky is blue. But if the su- Supreme Court says that it's chartreuse with... Uh, plaid polka dots they're right not you and i
1: that's actually what i see on most days
0: and and you know it 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 could be so and and this is evidenced by the fact that it says you know the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed now i don't think that the you know i don't think that uh americans having guns really does that much to control its government i know that was the idea but the right to the keep and bear arms shall not be infringed and there's twenty thousand gun laws in the united states i mean it's pretty obvious the sky is chartreuse with plaid polka dots. In
1: 1787 when that was written, your average person owned the same weaponry as the people in the military. Sure. So it's not like, you know, the people were fighting they military, were the military with m military. They were the 16. militia. <laughs> military has M16s and we're fighting with slingshots and 22 pistols. You know, the farmers owned the same weaponry as the military because they were the military.
2: Yeah. I I agree with you on all of that. Our government has gone so far beyond what the Constitution is supposed to have limited them to that most people don't even have a clue what the the Constitution actually says. Most people have never read
0: it. Yeah, it's
2: true. And most people don't realize what our government is really doing right now.
0: Most people don't vote, Chris.
2: (laughs) And I think the problem that we have, for the most part, um, is it's ignorant and immoral society. That has, that has allowed our government to become what it is. Because the, the purpose of the Constitution is to give guidelines and allow the power to be with the people. And the people have allowed that power to go out of their hands.
0: Chris, thanks That's for the call. 855-450-3733. Your thoughts on Free Talk Live. You can call in about the Constitution, whose responsibility is to, to enforce this document. 855-450-3733. Free Talk
6: Live.
0: Free Talk Live, 855 450 free. It's a sacral toll free call in line, 855 450 3733, live Sunday edition with Mark and Daryl. You know, and we had a call come in from uh, Chris there in the last segment. And God love him, I, I this is how I thought five or six years ago. Um, I mean, you know, I'm on the air. There is, it's re- recordings are out there of me being on the air saying almost precisely the things that Chris said. And so there's no way I'm going to get on here and I'm going to say, what a dum-dum, he disagrees with me, he's, he's a bad American, or whatever it is that uh, talk show hosts say. I'm not going to say that. I'm not, because I get it. You love the Constitution, and it's obvious the politicians aren't going to enforce this thing. The, the politicians are the ones who signed it originally. They're the ones who swear oaths to it. They're the ones that are supposed to enforce it. It is a document that is intended to bind the government. But it must be the people's fault because ultimately the re- the power rests in the hands of the people. And this is a true statement. It because it says does. right there in the Constitution, we the people
1: well, authorize this. All government does come from the people. I mean, Although the original draft of the Constitution said, we the states. <laughs> really? But they changed that to the people. Because it sounds better? Well, no, to get the people. Well, yes, it sounds, <laughs> sounds better, better. But they had to convince the people to... Get their legislatures to ratify this document. Sure. So they changed it to "We the People of the States."
0: Now I want to read a couple of quotes here, just so that uh, you know. To, you know, because people who love the Constitution love quotes. That's why. That's the. Yeah. That's the answer. They love quotes. It's a. It's a conservative attitude of harkening back to a time when people were better, more moral, and knew more. And right. believe me, I know because. I was conservative at one point. I don't call myself that anymore because it goes along with a lot of baggage that I'm not interested in. But I get it. I totally get it. So here, this is from James Madison, the fellow who wrote the Constitution. My 12th cousin. (laughs) Is that so? (laughs) Yes. In framing a government which is to be administered by men over men, the great difficulty lies in this. You must first enable the government to control the governed. And in the next place, oblige it to control itself. Now I'd ask you this: Has the Constitution done that? No. Well, that's that's your opinion. Some people might uh, you know might disagree. I don't know, but I mean you know were they successful? To I mean, really, did any of these guys that wrote this thing think that 250 years later they'd still be paying lip service to this document? I don't think that uh, that Thomas Jefferson did when he said that they need a uh, every generation
1: needs its own revolution. I mean, Thomas Jefferson actually said that. Constitutions can only bind the people that – any nation is only for the living. No generation can pass down a constitution or a nation to another generation. He was quite a thinker. Now, here's the Lysander Spooner quote that we've mentioned. Um, that
0: said, this much is certain, that either uh, the Constitution authorized such a government as we have had – this is in the 1870s, well, I think it was the- 1870
1: when the sixth no treason – essay was written.
0: Okay. So this is uh, this is it's either authorized such a government as we have had. Now he's claiming the government's too big, too intrusive at this point. He had set up a private post office and the government had shut him down because it is a monopoly and does not want competition. Now, um, and, and by the way, here in the United States we're taught that monopolies are bad, so we use a monopoly in order to prevent monopolies. What kind of mixed up crazy world is that? Alright, so, um, or it has been powerless to prevent it. In either case, it is unfit to exist. And I don't think that the Constitution is unfit to exist. I just don't think it has any relevance. I think it has about as much relevance as the Magna Carta at this point. It's just an irrelevant document, and it doesn't protect our rights in any way, shape, or form. I mean, right. maybe some judges uh, will refer well, back to it here and there. but Things
1: that are irrelevant should not exist. Okay, Therefore, it is irrelevant. It should not exist. It's I unfit to exist. I,
0: I'm not willing to go after I think it's fine. It's a great museum piece or whatever. Yeah. But the fact is that we, we need something. This Really, we want 250-year-old technology governing us? Back when people didn't have cars, when they I got think, around on
1: horseback, I think that the U.S. government should not pass any law that they cannot cite the Code of Hammurabi. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> saying that they have the authority to do such. Let me, let's go to Steve in Seattle. Steve, you're on Free
0: Talk Live. What's on your mind?
2: Hey, fellas. Uh, yeah, the Constitution. That's I was going to talk about something else, but that's that's a really interesting topic because I hear that too. You know, the people. You know, like a, a guy will blame all of us, and include himself, and include you, and include me, that it's our fault that this government has gotten out of control. Right. What did I do?
1: Uh, I've told them I don't consent to be governed. How is it my fault?
2: Right. And and not only that, though, it's what uh, um, social scientists call rational ignorance. And Mark has touched on this just in the last week, in fact, on the show. We have our own lives. We have stuff to do. We can't spend, you know, we have to make money, we have to take care of our family, heck, we have to work half the year to, to pay for the government. Right, Tax Freedom uh, Days in,
0: in May. I mean, you know, this this organization that I'm supposed to be in, responsible for controlling is already leeching half of my, uh, my you know, value out of my life.
2: Right, and, and to me, the value of the Constitution uh, is to use it as sort of a, a hammer to smack uh, statists on the head with, because, you know, you can say, look here, this document here says that the government that you love so much isn't allowed to do what it's doing, and and you know you have to usually have to walk them through it about you know <sighs> what what constitutionality means. Right, and or that's to, to me the
0: biggest the biggest problem on this is because. You know, I mean, it's so ambiguous. The the Bill of Rights yeah. are ambiguous in what they, they say. You know, you think the Constitution says we're supposed to have gold and silver as money, but then you can read it as saying only the states are allowed to use gold and silver as money,
1: but the federal government can do whatever the heck it flying flip it wants to do. Um the or federal know, government did not issue anything other than coins, which they're authorized to do right. under Article 1, Section 8. They coin money. There were no U.S. Treasury-issued paper currency notes until the Civil War.
0: Yes, but these, are, but these are interpretations by you and I, and I agree with your interpretations. I'm not saying I don't. It's just that when you're trying to use the Constitution as this bludgeon, as Steve is suggesting, it is a terrible—it's a pillow in a, in, a, in a fist fight. I mean, yeah, because— you
2: have, to, you have to walk them down the road and hope that they understand each and every step of the way. But they
0: don't have and to. Can,
2: <laughs> and if you can get them there, then you can start the debate.
0: Right, even the even the old Second Amendment, which sounds just as as clear as it could possibly be, I think it's uh, the you know the right to keep people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Something about a militia. Uh, actually,
1: the the words militia are uh, close to the beginning. Uh, okay. The security of I don't have a the nation. Uh, the militia, something. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. matter.
0: But I mean, you know, it's it's, it's about the clearest. Written. It's about the clearest of all of them, and yeah. it's clearly hasn't worked up to this point. The first
1: amendment is very clear.
0: I mean, the second amendment says that people that are uh, you know have IQs of 55 and can't feed themselves should be allowed to keep and possess guns. This is just a little too much for the average person to handle. And uh, you know, convicted murderers should be able to walk around with a with a law's rocket strapped to their back. It's too much. For the average person to handle and so therefore it just go it goes off the rails freedom of speech i don't want somebody yodeling underneath my window at night so you know i mean this this document is not clear in any way shape or form what it means
2: right and it's not it's not really very very well written i mean there's run-on sentences and all kinds of you know, syntax errors and whatnot in the Constitution. It's, it's really not even that well. Well,
1: the English language... By, grammar's a relatively new thing, Steve. <laughs> the the right, English right, right. Well, language was still coming by, up with grammar rules.
2: Those, right, even by those standards from back then. But the, the one thing that I wanted to mention, though, is that there's a number that you have to keep in mind when, when talking about the Constitution. That number is 724. And the reason why the number 724 is relevant is because it was 724 individual people voted to ratify the constitution that 700 when when that 724th person said yay in that ninth state in what was it 1789 i believe it was or 88
1: 89 uh,
2: that's when the constitution went into effect and so out of about i think there was about 3 million people in the country back then and 724 of them decided for us that we would live under this government that was created by this constitution
1: And Rhode Island only ratified under duress because the U.S. government said we will issue a blockade against your ports.
0: That that they did, Steve. If you
1: have more, hold the line.
0: 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition. Call in with what you want. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's a SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It's the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark. And Daryl. You can call in, talk about what you want to talk about here on Free Talk Live. That's what we do. You know, we, there's, there's a lot of problems going on with freedom in the United States. Not a lot of solutions. Um, I heard a lot. This this for me for years was a problem. I mean, what are you going to do? We recommend to people vote libertarian. I mean, I'm for it and everything, but it's not like it's been a real solution uh, along the way. Um, There did somebody did come up with an idea. It's called the Free State Project. You can find out more at freestateproject.org. It's the idea of moving 20,000 liberty loving individuals to one state. That state happens to be New Hampshire. New Hampshire has many advantages to it uh, as far as being the freest state in the union at this point, as rated by the Mercatus Center. And you can go find out more and get signed up to the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. I moved up early because I wanted to be involved and uh, you know see what was going on. But you needn't move until the 20,000th person signs, and it's five years after that. So it's freestateproject.org, and uh, you can go check it out. Let's get signed up. Let's go to Brent and Alabama. Brent, you're on Free Talk Live. What's Hi, on your mind? Up, oh, looks like Brent got some stage fright or some some kind of technical difficulty. I couldn't tell you. So, we're talking about uh, people have been calling in and talking about the Constitution and it's, uh, you know, how it. You know, it, it has all this relevance in our lives, and you know, people have failed to, failed the Constitution. It hasn't failed them and that kind of thing.
1: But you've got a story, uh, Daryl, about the, uh, what is it, the life uh, of the slave? The Tell of the Slave. Yeah. It is from Robert Nozick's Anarchy, State, and Utopia. Uh, the version that I'm reading is posted online on the Duke University website. And they cite this as coming from pages 290 through 292 of Robert Nozick's Anarchy, State, and Utopia. It says, consider the following sequence of cases, which we shall call the Tale of the Slave, and imagine that it is about you. There is a slave completely at the mercy of his brutal master's whim. He is, now that's what everybody thinks of as far as a slave goes, right? He, he compl- often is cruelly beaten, called out in the middle of night, and so on. Step two. The master is kindlier and beats the slave only for stated infractions of his rules, so the, not the, fulfilling work quotas and so on. So the master has the rule of law that yes. uh, by which
0: he abides. Yes,
1: gotcha. Uh,
0: otherwise, of course, by the way, when uh, when when nobody when somebody sets the rule of law for themselves, they can uh, they can break it anytime they feel like right. It. But uh, and it, change. This is the magic world where the master abides
1: by the rule of law right. that he has set up for himself. Gotcha. and. The master has now given the slave free time. Okay. So when you're not working for me or sleeping, you can do as you wish. Gotcha. Step three. The master has a group of slaves, and he decides how things are to be allocated among them on nice grounds, taking into account their needs, merits, and so on. Step four. The master allows his slaves four days on their own and requires them to work only three days a week on his land. That's pretty good, huh? The rest of the time is their own. That's, I, that kind of sounds like uh, Tax Freedom Day on May, in right, May, right? Right. Uh, step five. The master allows his slaves to go off and work in the city or anywhere else they wish for wages. He requires only that they send him back three-sevenths of their wages. So 30%, 3
0: sevenths. That's the same Still, as the, three the, days the equivalent off. of three days' work. Okay. So it's kind of like Tax Freedom Day in May. You pick your career. Sure. But you just give them the certain amount of money that you want. Yes. That they want.
1: Okay. Uh, so, and by
0: the way, if they want 3 days, uh, three sevenths of your wages,
1: then they can take 4 sevenths or 5 sevenths. It's really up to them. Right. Yeah. Uh, takes three- sevenths of the wages he also retains the power to recall them to the plantation if some emergency threatens his land and to raise or lower the three-sevenths amount required to be turned over to him and now that sounds like the draft if uh,
0: he can call them back to the land uh because
1: yes. well, you
0: know that's that sounds like the draft to me
1: and he he can raise or lower the tax from three sevenths as you already yep. mentioned gotcha he further retains the rights to restrict the slaves from participating in certain dangerous activities that threaten his financial return, for example, mountain climbing or cigarette smoking. Gotcha. So, you know, it's for your safety
0: or um in his financial reward right his financial reward so he they, But it's for your safety. He, they can only trade with the people that they that he wants them to trade and trade what it is that the that they want them well,
1: to trade. he he also restricts activities that they can do for their yeah, safety. So sure. you you must wear a seatbelt. You can't smoke. Right? Sure. It's for your safety. Go ahead. Uh step 6. The master allows all of his all of his 10,000 slaves except you to vote. Uh, oh. And joint decisions are made by all of them. There is open discussion and so forth among them, and they have the power to determine to what uses to put whatever percentage of your and their earnings they decide to take. So you get to vote. Everybody gets to vote except for you. Right. Okay. Uh, and they get to, you know, so now basically you have 10,000 slaves. Gotcha. Uh, what activities? 10,000 masters. Right, 10,000 mastered. What activities legitimately may be forbidden to you and also to them? And Robert Nozick says, let us pause in this sequence of cases to take stock. If the master contracts this transfer of power so that he cannot withdraw it, you have a change of masters. You now have 10,000 masters instead of just one. Rather, you have one 10,000-headed monster. That's or true. Master. Or monster, it could be. Perhaps the 10,000 will be even kindlier than the benevolent master in case two. Still, they are your master. However, still, more can be done. A kindly single master, as in case two, might allow his slaves to speak up and try to persuade him to make a certain decision. The 10,000-headed monster can do this also. Step 7. Though still not having the vote, you are now at liberty and given the right to enter the discussions of the 10,000 and to try to persuade them to adopt various policies and to treat you and themselves in a certain way. They then go off to vote and decide upon policies covering the vast range of their powers. Step eight, in appreciation of your useful contributions to the discussion, the 10,000 allow you to vote if they are deadlocked. They commit themselves to this procedure. After the discussion, you mark your vote on a slip of paper. They go off and vote. In, in the, the ra- very rare instance that uh, you might be able to break the vote. In the eventuality that there is an even divide, five thousand for, 5,000 against, they look at your ballot and count it. This has never happened. They have never yet had the occasion to open your ballot. This is what it's like when you vote, by the way. (laughs) A single master might also commit himself to letting his slaves decide an issue concerning him, about which he, the master, was absolutely indifferent. Step nine. They throw your vote in with theirs. If they are exactly tied, your vote will still carry the issue. Otherwise, it makes no difference in the electoral outcome. Indeed, The question is... Which transition from case one to case nine made this no longer the tale of a slave?
0: None of them. Yeah, you are just a slave instead of slave to King George from in the eighteen in the seventeen hundreds. You are a slave to the ten thousand headed, the three hundred
1: million headed monster that is yeah. the voting public in the United well, States. Well, the movie "The Patriot" by Mel Gibson. There is an excellent quote where at the beginning he does not want to fight against the British. He says why would I give up one master 3,000 miles away for 3,000 masters one mile away? That's a good
0: question. Adam in Kentucky, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
2: Hey, uh, I had a uh, quick comment about the uh, the Constitution thing. Sure. Actually, quick question. Uh, What would you guys advocate replacing with the Constitution if if the Constitution was null and no void
0: tomorrow, well, I think that you know, I mean, you're—it's a difficult question to answer, right? I mean, you know, like what—what yeah. what magic? This is a magic world we're talking about. So, exactly what parameters of this magic world do I get to have? Um, I would say that if you want to continue on with the document, the Constitution, and remember, the only way to amend this is this—this this huge, crazy amendment process—is. You know, make it easy. Make the, the lawmakers in, in Washington have to come to a unanimous decision in order to pass a, pass a law. One I mean, thing a,
1: that was in the Articles of Confederation was yep. or unanimous consent. Right. I
0: mean, if a law is so good, let's think about murder or rape or something like that, they should be able to come to some kind of conclusion on that law. It would also eliminate the two-party system which is a uh, you know a big problem and really slow the invasiveness of the government getting into our um in, into our lives. Also I would think it would be um you know we should we should get rid of all these you know, if you're going to start over tomorrow get rid of all the laws that you've got in place so that you can start over tomorrow adam i'm going to hold you through you didn't get very much time to talk um I, it's not really fair to bring him on for one minute ask one question and then drop you so hold the line please 855-450-3733 we'll we'll get adam's thoughts on what i've just tossed out there but i think people should have liberty i think they should be able to be free and i think that they can come up with the best solutions inside the marketplace for themselves Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live, 855 453. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Daryl. 855 450 3733. I don't know if I mentioned it, but uh, my normal co host, Stephanie, who's Daryl sitting in for kindly this evening, is uh, out with uh, family issues. So, uh, you know, if she wants to share those next time, I'll let her do that. It's, uh, you know, not my business to go sharing what, what's going on in her life. You can give us a call at eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Before the we you know before we went there to uh, the top of the hour break, um, we had Adam on the line talking about uh, you know he asked us a question. Hey, you guys are talking about how bad the Constitution is. What would you put in its place? And it's a, it's a legitimate question. Adam, you, um, you're back on Free Talk Live. All
2: right, yeah, I wasn't trying to like you know bust you guys or anything like that. I know. Uh, let's just say for let's you say for argument's sake that uh, our, our the politicians. Uh, follow the Constitution 100%. Would you be in favor of that, or would you want the absolute absence of government?
0: The absolute absence of government? Yes. Well, I don't think that you can have the absolute absence of government, because I think people must yeah. govern themselves, and they they have a monopoly privilege on, the, on their own governance.
1: If the federal government followed the U.S. Constitution explicitly, as it says, and abides by every limit placed upon the federal government by said Constitution— People would think that there was no federal government, right? I mean, it would be it, right. <laughs> what, what we what we have to say two hundred and thirty something
0: years after its institution would be completely irrelevant because nobody would listen to us because we'd be wild madmen. I would never have gotten to this point because the government, the the federal government, would be so irrelevant. Um, so yeah, I've,
2: I've had this conversation with uh, with a couple of people before, and they advocate total anarchy. But I personally believe that total anarchy wouldn't work because it eventually leads to a uh, democracy, which is kind of where we're at now. You know what I
0: mean? I don't know. Um, I, I, I think that if you, because uh, c- really the problems with the government and, uh, you know, I've read a lot of anarchist thought and I don't like the term at all. Um, I think that it is a right. uh, It's a it, dirty
2: word, you know what I
5: mean? Right.
0: It doesn't make no. much sense, but uh, you know, the, I've, I've read a lot of it and I think that, you know, the problem with government is a, it claims to be a monopoly and B right because it's a monopoly, it claims that you have to pay its, uh, you know, wages, its price, its rate, its uh, you know, its cost, and you don't get a choice. And so it just, you know, hands out that, that the the rate for its services at whatever way it wants to hand them out, and you don't have an option whether you want to pay. So if you go to Walmart and they decide everybody has to pay the same amount, whether you get a, um, you know, an ice cream cone or a stepladder, then you're probably going to stop going to Walmart as quickly as you possibly can, but you don't have the option.
1: Because- or you'll start picking up more things because you're only paying right, right. $75 regardless of whatever how much or how little you get. So it's this crazy system
0: um, that they've they've got going on and I don't know if you had like if whatever, you know, the federal government, uh, the U- the UN, the federal government, the state governments, the municipal governments and whatever housing association and the county governments and the, you know, all these other governments collapsed in one day, which is insane uh never going to
1: happen what, <laughs> people how? would there That's would right. be spontaneous order yeah, and p- people would voluntarily enter into agreements and associations
0: we can see what happens often time during catastrophes what happens with people they pull together and they you know they create their own associations they protect themselves in whatever way i mean i live in a town that doesn't have a police department and it has very low crime because right, if, if because you try, there
1: is no police department. Well, I don't know that the police. Yeah, I don't it, know what it the is. The
2: Constitution doesn't authorize. Um, at least a federal police force. I'm not nope, really sure it about
0: state police forces. But. Well, uh, the, the police, police uh, policing organizations didn't come around until the late 18 or mid, mid 1800s in London. Um, they had sheriffs, which were always people that did the, the bidding. They were essentially tax collectors for the king. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, law enforcement has always been very closely tied with the king. And now we have the king as this, uh, you know, this, this democratic po- body. But as far as, uh, you, you know, these uh, p- policing agencies Go is what I'm trying to to point is is the government claims to give order, and I'm claiming that the people of you know uh, little ruralville, uh, New Hampshire are in fact the ones that give order. If you decide that you're going to commit a crime there, especially say like a burglary or something, everybody like that, in your town is armed, right? I mean, you're you're, you're likely to be uh, people are likely to see daylight through you relatively quickly. So I it, mean,
2: I, I guess the best example that we see today of anarchy is probably like. Occupy Wall Street, and you can see when somebody's trying to have their individual rights, uh, you have Occupy Wall Street, the mob rule, come in and say, no, you're not allowed to do that, or whatever. So that I, I think Occupy Wall Street
1: is more pure democracy than anything resembling anarchy.
2: Really? I, I disagree with that 100%. I'm well,
1: sorry. they vote on everything, and only the things in which it's basically... You know unanimous consent are the things that they do that is pure democracy that is not anarchy I would say that probably
2: I, I, I think that uh, I think that if you let people alone uh long enough without uh the constitutional restraints given to the people to help the people I guess based on the the constitution- federal
1: government doesn't wait, wait, help it- me one bit <laughs> go, on, uh,
2: go well, on. I'm talking about like state and local governments you know
0: and you're saying that without state and local governments, that people would uh, att- attempt to do things together and that if you didn't want to do things the way they wanted to do them, then um, you would be forced to by the group?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you have tribes you know, around the world but, that they form together and, you know, try to kill each other. It, it, and yeah, indeed, over them and in,
0: like indeed um, you know, certainly that that's the case, but those people have to work together for whatever reasons. When you have voluntary associations, then what you're likely to have in given geographic areas is, you know, smaller groups of people working together in whatever ways they need to. Um, I mean, you know, Do you think
2: those tribes are forced to... Uh, to work together or do you think they can leave if they so choose to
0: i think they can leave and probably go to another tribe if that's what they want to do certainly in
1: some places that is so in other places it's not well how do you how do they keep you from going some right. places if you attempt to leave their little group, they will kill
0: you. Oh, I'm sure they would if they if they had the opportunity, but you know, you sneak out in the middle of the night. I'm right. thinking of the, uh, you know, I saw something on the Travel Channel with living with the mech. I mean, these people are living in bamboo huts, right. and uh, they wear, the men wear gourds, and that's it. And um, it, it isn't much to wear, but they could probably go live with another tribe, and you know, every once in a while they have yeah. little wars and they kill each other, and, and that kind of thing. That much is true, but when you have more populated areas, you don't need as many people, and you can, uh, I I don't think you need to tribe up, frankly. I think that people could uh, provide services to each other and, you know, you have your own little family units. And, Most and people be fine. do
1: not realize that their everyday interaction is voluntary. Yeah, sure. You know, you're not going down to McDonald's with the police officer and saying, give me food. And I will give you money. No, it's voluntary mutual consent of I give you money, you, really you give me food. Down, that's, that's how kind of it how works.
2: It works, you know what I mean?
1: What's that?
2: I mean, if you really break it down, that's kind of how it works with uh, food stamps and welfare, welfare systems, stuff like that. So what is
0: what, what? How's what work? Explain it to me.
2: Uh, using the government to force people to give you food and things like that. Is that what you're talking about?
0: Yeah, I mean, no, you know, I, I'm saying. He's he's just talking about the, the 99 99 of the interactions oh, okay. that you go throughout throughout the day.
1: No, are you're you're not carrying ones. around. You know the government in your back pocket forcing people to interact with you. I don't it's, know. If, I don't know, know if
0: that argument is very strong, though, Daryl. I mean, I agree with you, but I think that oftentimes people say, "Yes, well, the government's out there lurking, and if you do something bad, they'll come and get you." And that's how people
1: view it. Adam. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I appreciate uh, the call. Thanks for the thoughts. Uh, let, Let me actually answer Adam's question on what I would like to see if the federal government went away. Replace it with nothing. Just get rid of the federal government? Get rid of the federal government. A lot of people are concerned with uh,
0: defense um, and the, the, the complete vacuum. And he did say tomorrow. That was the caveat that he gave, and that's the reason I gave the answer that I did, is people are concerned with what is what is going to happen with the, the vacuum well, in the area, he, defense, the area of defense. specifying the
1: federal government. There would still be 50 state governments. Sure. Over 3,000 county and in Louisiana parish governments, mm-hmm. you know, so there there would still be really close to four thousand governments at either a county or state level.
0: Uh, do you want them having uh, aircraft carriers?
1: I mean, where the aircraft carriers go, <laughs> you know? I don't <laughs> want anybody having an aircraft carrier. But if you decide that you want one for your personal defense, I'm fine with that. I think there's about a
0: dozen of those things floating around. Somebody owns them at this point. Free Talk Live Your thoughts are welcome
5: As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com.
0: Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's Mark with you. And Daryl. So, Daryl, let me tell you about coffee.freetalklive.com. We've teamed up with uh, O'Neill Coffee in order to make available to our listeners some really great gourmet coffee. Um, They come in more than 40 different varieties and uh, flavored Different varieties, um, and you can get whatever you want. I like the the, the French roast, but you can go through and look at the, all the different varieties they have. And when I say gourmet, this is gourmet coffee. This is among the best coffee I've ever drank in my life, and I got it sent to me via the internet, and you can too. Also, it doesn't cost very much. They don't have the uh, all the the bricks and mortar. Costs that say Starbucks might have—not that uh, Starbucks is the best coffee in the world—but uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the uh, you know, the, the, they don't have the costs in there. They send it directly to you for orders of seventy-five dollars or more. They give uh, free shipping and a free mug. It's it's well worth trying out. And you know, take care of that coffee habit. Help Free Talk Live in the process. It's coffee dot dot com. Let's go to Mike in Michigan. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
3: Hello, sir. Yes. Uh that, uh, whether...
0: can you talk right into your phone mike
3: i i is that any better sir
0: yeah that's good
3: okay uh there was a fellow that asked uh, what what ought to replace uh this you know in in, in some sort of vacuum it reminds me of a, a guy that uh, went to the doctor he'd been feeling for and a doctor says well he says i got some bad news for you he says uh You've got about six months to live. He says, there's good news. Though. He says, I can operate and save your life. He says, well, what do you got to do? He says, you've got to take out this, uh, this big, big thing here. You have to do surgery and it'll save your life. The guy says, well, what are you going to replace it with? <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the, the federal government is a tumor, and with, what do you replace that tumor with?
3: It's a disease, yeah. And, and there's a fellow I wish I had thought of the statement he said uh government is a disease masquerading as its own cure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Harry Brown it's uh, said that uh, government breaks your leg and then gives you a crutch and um, says, "Aren't you glad we were here to give you this crutch?" <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, that's that was the libertarian candidate for 1996 and 2000. And 2000.
3: 2000. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll let you go. I just wanted to chime in.
0: Thank you Mike. Thank I you. appreciate the call. Thank you you know and and that's you know it's it's really it's really a great question i mean what what happens in the absence of these things of uh, the you know these and in the invasiveness of the government and the uh, the theft perpetu- perpetuated by the irs and all these other taxing bodies that go with the, the government and i don't know but i can tell you what's right and what's wrong and it's wrong to steal from people and when you take money from somebody or threaten somebody in order to give them to give you give you money. That's called robbery, and yeah. unless you're the government, And you see they they always toss in on uh, when they make definitions of robbery the unlawful taking because there's lawful taking, and it's done by us. So, I, you know, I mean, I, as all I propose is competition in the area of serving people and for the needs that they believe they have. You know, protection important need. Um, You know, whether it's uh, foreign protection from foreign invaders, protection from, uh, you know, domestic uh, hoodlums, people want those kind of protections.
1: There's a video online by Mark Stevens called The Real World's Smallest Political Quiz, and it consists of one question. Whereas you know the advocates for self government, a wonderful organization, yeah, they sure. have the ten question world smallest quiz. A lot
0: of people have taken that. It puts you on the Nolan right. chart. If you're uh, at the top, you're a libertarian. If you're at the left, you're a lefty. If you're at the right, you're a uh, you know a righty or a conservative. If you're at the
1: bottom, you're an authoritarian. If right. you're in the center, you're a moderate. The the real world smallest political quiz has one question: Should any good or service be traded at the barrel of a gun?
0: I, you know, one might uh, say that contracts are supposed to could could be enforced at the barrel of a gun, um, but I guess that's not the trading point, is it? No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, so basically, should you be able to go into any restaurant, point a gun at them and say, "Give me food"? No. No. Yeah. Should you be able to go to anyone, point a gun at them and say, "Give me your money"? No. But that's exactly what government does.
0: And, you know, I mean although
1: the, you know, in most cases, the gun pointed at you by the government is the invisible gun. Right. It's, it's not, invisible.
0: It's a, it's a gun that will be pointed if that situation arises. Right. And, you know, in your circumstance, uh, you, know, I, you know, people going. I don't imagine too many people demand to be uh, seated at restaurants, but there's all kinds of. Of programs out there, whether it's uh, you know the military or you know whatever social programs or Medicare, Medicaid, um, you know these things that are instituted by people that are demanding that you pay. I mean, Medicare is completely insolvent. Right, people are getting it right now, paid a quarter in for every dollar they're receiving. What kind of insanity is that?
1: And I saw a bumper sticker. Actually, it was two bumper stickers uh, a couple days ago on one of the roads here locally. It said. Got Medicare? Thank a Democrat. Got Social Security? Thank a Democrat. (laughs) Well,
0: yeah, I, I don't I,
1: want either of those.
0: Right. Well, the thing is, is I've actually opted out of Social Security. I mean, a lot of people say, "How'd you do that?" Well, I read You're a letter. Self-employed. Yeah, I read a letter one time from the Social Security Administration. A friend of mine had, you know, some guy I knew. I guess is, you know, sent these letters back and forth. It looked really legitimate. He had several of them lined up in a in a uh, in a folder where he showed, you know, that you know, first I wrote him this, and they said that, and finally they said that no, there is no responsibility to pay, and. When you think about it,
1: and I did, who have you ever heard of going to jail for dodging Social Security? Well, here's my question. For those of us who are not self-employed, how do we convince our employer to not steal from us? I don't know how in the world.
0: Yeah, I have no idea how you would get a mainstream employer. I I found
1: a way to not have the federal income tax taken out of my pay. Don't you, don't you just write exempt or something? on File the, exempt. What is it? W... Uh, the W-4. W-4 form? Yeah. File exempt. They will not withhold federal income tax, but they still take the Medicare and Social Security. So, I mean, doesn't that just light
0: up their little radar saying, hey, this person's filing exempt. Are they exempt? Because the only people that are exempt are like foreign nationals uh, working nope. legally in the United States, right?
1: Uh, anyone who... Uh, received all of the money stolen from them by uncle sam in the previous year Uh uh-huh can file exempt i see so if you make so little that they give it all back right and if you that's a lot of people if you manipulate their their system you can make sure that you always get back what they take from you then you can file exempt and then all of your earnings are not taxable
0: about half of the people that file taxes, and from what I understand, it's only a little more than half of the people actually do file taxes. Right. Um, so about half of the people that file taxes don't pay anything.
1: Right. They well, get that actually doesn't money necessarily back. mean that they get all of the money back. I see. When they calculate don't pay, that means they did not have to write an additional check in April.
0: Okay um I don't think that that's no no that's not that's not what that means Actually they pay no income tax only about 27%
1: of working adults pay federal but, income Because taxes. the way that I've actually read the studies is It showed you know, half of the people paid no additional in April. It doesn't mean that they got everything back. No, that's not true. But there still is a large percentage of those that filed. I've had the
0: Tax Foundation on a couple of times, and I have grilled and grilled them. And I've done my own research on this, and I'm confident when I say about 27% of the population pays federal income tax. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Bardo Fest is a camping gathering at Bardo Farm, an off the grid, eco friendly farm in Croydon, New Hampshire. Attendees will enjoy live music performances, sustainability workshops, comedy, firearms education, terrific farm raised food, vendors, and camping under the stars. Treat yourself and relax at Bardo Fest, May 25th through the 28th. A full festival pass, including camping, is just $50. Go to bardoproject.com. B A R D O project.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call online, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We take your calls. You're free to call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Check out uh, freetalklive.com. We have an expansive website there that makes it easy for you to uh, upload shows and get old archives and those kind of things. And when you do your shopping online use shop.freetalklive.com. We have links there to uh, Amazons and several different countries and uh, Newegg, actually, also. And when, when you get the same great prices and service you normally get from these big internet companies, but Free Talk Live gets a little cut. It's a great way to do your uh, shopping that you normally do online. Shop.freetalklive.com. So I've got a story here from Pixiq, P-I-X-I-Q.com. About a fella who, apparently, John Nix pulled out his cell phone after spotting what he thought was a gang of thugs mugging a man in a parking lot in North Carolina shopping mall last week. The former city council candidate ended up in jail after the men who were in street clothes turned out to be cops arresting a suspected shoplifter. Strange how a mugging looks so much like a shoplifting, huh? Or I mean, a mugging looks so much like a beat. uh, uh, Yeah, the the mugging looks like the, the, the resting looks like a mugging.
1: Well, did you see the video of the guy in California that was beaten and tased to death? Yes. It looked very much like a mugging by a group of sure. thugs.
0: If they weren't really wearing the silly outfits and all the gear, um, then they would clearly just be thugs. Yeah. And it's amazing how you can put these costumes on and suddenly people doing things that would be you know, highly criminal under any other circumstance. Thuggish
1: behavior yeah. is
0: legal with the badge. So they thought, the police thought that he was taking a picture. This is the former city council candidate here, uh, John Nix. And according to the Kingston Free Press, it says, Nix said, uh, one man quickly walked up to him, showed a police badge and said, can I help you? He told the officer he could not help him, but he wanted to find out what was happening. The officer told him to back up. I didn't even have time to respond, Nix recalled. He had me flipped around and in handcuffs, and and he was going through my pockets. He said the officer accused him of trying to use his phone to take pictures of the takedown of the individual, which, by the way, is being shown all over the United States by courts to be completely legal to uh, take video of police doing their jobs. They just don't like it. Right. They don't like the idea that uh, you know their their beatdown gets put on uh, video. Well, if they were saving kittens and doing other nice things, then they wouldn't care. No, they wouldn't have a problem at all with that video going up. But it's when they're doing... You know, I mean, this one, the situation you're talking about, the homeless guy, I think there were 12 police officers that participated in this. And it's amazing how the 12 bad cops in that one town ended up all put together in the same instance. Well, it's just a couple of bad cops that run the pot for all the good ones. And apparently the rest of the cops just let them do whatever it is they're going to do. There was an instance relatively recently where a police officer actually stopped a couple of her uh cohorts from from a beatdown and they fired her. Fired. Yeah, they're firing her. So, I don't I, I I'm getting to be of the opinion that if there are good cops out there, that they're so petrified that they're not willing to do what's right. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. That's just
1: what I'm beginning to see from the news The here. good cops quit or get fired.
0: So this uh, this former city council uh, you know, guy, former city council candidate, was arrested for trying to make a 911 call and um, I guess trying to take pictures, but he wasn't even trying to take pictures. It's, in, it's an insane story. Let's go to your calls. Uh, we've got uh, Noon calling in from Connecticut. Noon, you're on Free Talk Live.
2: Hey, how you guys doing today?
0: This is Jay Noon.
2: This is Jay Noon.
0: Jay, what do you th- what's what's on your mind?
2: Well, I just wanted to. Let, I heard you talk about the IRS a little bit, and want to let you guys know. Uh, uh, I've never participated in that program, and I don't deal with them foreigners at all.
0: The IRS is uh, foreigners.
2: Absolutely.
1: Where are they from? They're,
2: well, they're they're a foreign corporation registered in Puerto Rico. Huh.
1: Puerto Rico uh, is not foreign. They're a territory of the U.S.
2: Well, uh, they are. They're. A Corporation that's registered in Puerto Rico. Okay, they are. Well, the actual the corporation, the United States, is actually foreign to the United States of America, which is a supposed to be a free republic.
1: So, where was the United States uh, incorporated? In well, Delaware. <laughs> Delaware, that's right. And yeah. Delaware on one copy of the uh, Treaty of uh, Paris that ended the American Revolution. Delaware was not listed, so therefore Delaware is still a British territory, correct? That's funny. Well, you,
5: you could be right, but
2: also I, I recently learned that the United States, um, that corporation was um, uh, dissolved by the Delaware Secretary of State's office there, um, uh, because people were subpoenaing the uh, comprehensive annual financial reports when the United States, when the Justice Department would represent the United States in some kind of federal case, pretty interesting stuff. I don't know everything about it, but well, let me
0: of, uh, let me ask you this: You haven't participated in, um, you know, because I think we can. This is probably a murky rabbit hole that it's difficult to uh, to, to 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 figure out on on the radio. But w- you haven't participated in the IRS with the IRS, as you call it, uh, at all, right?
2: Never. I and my father never got me a social security number, and um, I've I've never.
0: So if you don't have a Social Security number, do you have a bank account?
2: Nope, I don't
1: have a bank account. I don't want one. Okay. I imagine it's pretty difficult to get a bank account with a Social uh, Security. Now, post 9-11, it is near impossible. I, I know that there Banks are... to the Patriot Act. I, I know that there are
0: ways to get around it, but I don't know what they are, precisely.
2: you're Amish. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's, there's, I, I know Amish people who have no Social Security number, and... They tell me they have a bank account. I don't think they lie about it.
1: No, I don't imagine they would. So, what? Have you, Anyone with the bank account open prior to the passage of the Patriot Act, if they did not supply a socialist Security number or some other taxpayer ID number, they were grandfathered in. Though the bank is sort of pushy of, "Hey, we need your slave ID number."
0: Yeah, they'd love to have that. So, has the IRS ever given you send you any love letters, Jay?
2: Actually, the only one time I, I know I've ever talked to one once, and as you guys know, I'm in the hay and horse business, and I um I was I sell actually hay to corporations, nonprofits. and uh, one of them. Right. Hay, hay as in horses. Right. Hay for horses, better for cows, that kind of hay. Anyways, um, Girl Scouts of of America, the Connecticut uh, one, they had a, a real hardcore accountant who insisted I was defrauding the nation. Because I don't have a social security number and didn't pay taxes, and they wanted to 1099 me, and which is fine. I just give them my name and I give them a, a, an address, and, um, and I don't have a social security number. So they actually called, she called someone she personally knew in the IRS. She said, I talked to that guy on a speakerphone, and that guy's like, Well, if you don't have a social security number, there's nothing against the law, there's nothing illegal about that. He is just not a taxpayer. So, on the um, Social Security number line for the 1099, just write in Old Order Amish, and he's all set. And this lady starts flipping out on this guy on the phone, oh, he's the fraud in America, blah, 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 you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, and the guy in the IRS agent goes, no, no, it's fine. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just the way you do it. Not everybody participates. So ever since he said that everybody participates, that's where I say I don't participate, just like with the property tax deal. I'm not a property tax protester. I'm a property tax non-participant. So, and, uh, and, and you
0: don't pay property taxes either, although you do work for your local uh, volunteer fire department, which I, I find very interesting. The paycheck that they would give you is like larger than the portion of your property taxes they want to collect or something like that. It's, it's, it's a very interesting that, story. That. Now, um, and and this is a person who's defrauding everybody, right, like working for the Volunteer Fire Department. But the, you know, is this Old Order Amish, I mean, is that a telling a lie, or is that just the the trick to get out of paying taxes?
2: Uh, No, there's really no trick, because no one's required to pay the taxes. And if uh, Reagan, in 1986, put together this thing called the Grace Commission to audit the IRS, and everybody should Google Grace Commission. Grace Commission? From
0: 1984, yes.
2: Yeah, something like that. And they determined that uh, the IRS both contribute, provide pickles to many government services. Huh. Um, it's just a collection agency for the Federal Reserve Bank or Thanks. The IMF.
0: Thanks for the call, uh, Jay. Appreciate it. It's amazing stuff. 855 450 3733. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line here. The, this was, is this was the final segment of the uh, three-hour live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Daryl. You can call in. We might be able to squeeze you in. But... Um Real quick about Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is, um, you know, we're a little unusual in the world of commercial radio. Most commercial radio programs, they uh, tell you if you want things like archives or special access or anything like that to the website, you've got to pay, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars a month and to be a part of the little program. We give all those things to you for free. And say that if you want to be part of our amplifier program, to give us three bucks a month. Now, we do give a couple of perks in there. Um, You know, there's the amp-only call-in line and the commercial-free amp-only podcast and, you know, some more things. But go to amp.freetalklive.com and support Free Talk Live if uh, you like the ideas of liberty. Because I really do believe that Free Talk Live is the single most effective way to bring the ideas of liberty to the average person. How many other nationally syndicated radio programs out there are talking about these ideas? seven days a week, and I don't think there's any. Let's go to Mark, calling in from New Mexico. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live.
2: Hi, good evening, guys. Hey, uh, last week, um, some guy called in and he said, and I believe it was you, Mark, that that cornered him, and he didn't have an answer, but he said, uh, I like Ron Paul, except I don't believe in his foreign policy. And you said, oh, really? Well, what's his foreign policy? And he couldn't really come up with an answer because that's just a talking point that people use against Ron Paul. They really don't know what his foreign policy is. Right. But our founding father's foreign policy is the same as Ron Paul's foreign policy. It's the truth. Thomas Jefferson was an isolationist.
0: Well, you know, I mean, at the time... Not an isolationist, a non-interventionist. Well, I think that Thomas Jefferson probably... At the time, the United States really was much more isolationist because it had to be. Nobody cared to trade. They weren't the biggest economy in the world, so we had to be much more self-sufficient. Now we're a non-inter... You know, I would love to see more non-intervention from the the government, but they feel that it's, you know, we got to do this. Otherwise, the world's going to explode.
2: Right. And you know what? A few callers back, the guy said something and, and you and one of you brought up the point well one of the things people are concerned about is is national defense well the citizens are the nation's defense
0: yep I should mean, be if we're
2: not over policing the world we don't need aircraft carriers
0: you know i wonder when you so I, I concur largely that if the United States just operated with a uh, essentially a militia and even a, a disorganized militia, I mean there are three hundred million guns in the United States for three hundred million people. Seems like you know, seems like everybody's armed enough that uh, it would probably be extraordinarily difficult to take over the United States. But you know, I just I wonder what would happen in an immediate vacuum. With uh, the United States just pulling back all of its ships and, and all these things, turning them into scrap metal, and decide, or selling them, or I don't know, I don't even know what they would do. I guess they would sell them to try to pay off the debt, and then you know, and then China's got the aircraft carriers or something. I mean, I just don't know. I mean, it's it's this big scary thing when you're talking about dismantling the most destructive force the world has ever known.
2: Yes, and you said something uh, just uh, one se- uh, segment ago that really piqued my curiosity about the police officer that's being fired for standing up for somebody. Yeah. Uh, can you elaborate on that story or tell me where I can read about it?
0: Uh-huh shoot. I don't have a, I don't have a uh, quote for that one, but um, I I can't even remember the officer's name. All I remember is that uh, Daryl, you're looking it up. I'm trying to pull this up right now. Okay. Um, Yeah. The the situation was that apparently two officers uh, were called to a scene and she was there and uh, they just commenced to, you know, roughhousing somebody. And she said, Whoa, that's, that's not acceptable. And for whatever reason, they're trying to fire her. Now they're saying it's because, you know, I don't know, lack of respected leadership or something like that. I know that she happens to be a lesbian, which is going to make it a little easier for her to get some defense from some of these organizations that love to, to dish out defense. But, um, you know, it, it shouldn't be because of her sexual preference that people are defending her. It should be because she was doing what was right.
2: Yes, I agree. And I, I was just at, talking to my wife earlier this evening, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if there even are any good police officers Left, I mean, are they something that they've gone by the wayside? I mean, is, uh, I, and then I've I've heard something, or I, I think it was in the Los Angeles Times that did an article where they said that anybody that applies for the police academy with an IQ above eighty five is turned away.
0: Oh, that's uh, – I think it was 120, and it's only some places – I've actually heard
1: 105 and 100. And yeah,
0: I, I've heard different numbers. I don't think 85. I mean, you're talking mouth breather there. Um, the uh, – yeah, I mean, <laughs> seems really unlikely to me. <laughs> but um, they, well, there, there are well, some departments – There are some departments that won't take you if your IQ is too high. There are other departments that won't take you if you're, you know, not degreed enough too. So it's different departments in different places, I guess, uh, attempting to, uh, you know, do, you know, get different, you know, have different sorts of departments. Some people don't want, uh, you know, police officers that think, and some people do, and you know, different ideas there. But I do think that it's very tough for the person who thought that he was going to get in, and or he or she was going to get in and, and serve the public. And now they find out that you know the the police department isn't what they you know their their, their superiors have them busy trying to make money because that's what it seems to be about for police departments uh, you know either drug confiscations or giving tickets out for people who are you know exceeding the speed limit or whatever, or rolling through stop signs, things like that, rather than trying to find, you know, those missing people that are on their list or solve that murder that's uh, that, you know, was six months old or whatever. It doesn't seem like they're doing much of that. seems like they're doing a lot more of the stuff that uh, makes them money.
2: Yeah, and those cops dressed up in the black hoodies are at it again in Chicago.
0: Um, oh, you know, the uh, agent's provocateur?
2: Yes, sir. So tell me, had, tell they, me what you've heard. They're, they're throwing bottles. Well, MSNBC has a video. Uh, type in, oh, um, uh, what was it? It's Chicago protest, something. We'll pull it up. But they're throwing some bottles at the cops, and the cops just stand there. But then they're putting a beat down on a guy. Uh, there's a guy on the ground in shorts and a T-shirt, and uh, I didn't even see him do anything. And they're they're arresting him. So, but the guys that are throwing the bottles in the black hoodies the cops just leave them alone i mean it's just it's so obvious and i can only hope that these legitimate protesters can realize what they are i mean they're they're present at every demonstration and they're the ones that are throwing the road flares in the back of the police cars and all that you know setting them on fire or whatever you know and it's like nobody while the cops stand
1: by and watch the police car get set on fire Right. And it does seem very strange.
2: I
0: I don't know what all I want to do is, you know, show what people see out there, what the video is able to uh, to show, because I don't propose to know. But why if it seems like the
1: cops are going to arrest someone for pulling out a cell phone to make a 911 call while they're beating someone senseless. But yet they stand around and watch their police car get set on fire. It seems yeah, very strange. And then the FBI handing people fake bombs and saying, yeah, go pretend to blow this up. And then, they, Oh, by the way, you're under arrest. And then they descend upon them. But it makes you think that, you know, apparently all you have to do is wear the gear that these people wear, and then you're in good shape. Good shape. The Break. police officer being fired is Regina Tosca, that's T-A-S-C-A, from Bogota, New Jersey.
0: It's, it's like Bogota. Or something like that. It's it's spelled it spelled a little. It looks like Bogota, but there's like one vowel missing. It's from it.
1: actually spelled the same way: B O G O T A. Okay. Um, I maybe the
0: first time I saw it, it was misspelled or something. But uh, uh, the, so, what is it? Regina.
1: Regina Tasca. Do you have the story real quick? Uh, yes. Uh, this is from wonket.com I am not familiar with the source, but I'm it says it. Uh, Bogota, New Jersey police officer Regina Tasca responded to a call about a young man who was being erratic. She was supposed to transport him to the hospital. Two of her fellow officers, though, thought they were more supposed to jump on him and kick him in the head. That always helps people that are mentally ill. Uh, And expletive, you know, the law. Tasca jumped in and managed to pry the officers off the young man. What do you suppose has happened since? A commendation? Maybe. Definitely a commendation, right? No, of course not. She has been suspended for psychologically unfit behavior. Yeah. Stopping her fellow officers
0: from administering a kicking to sleep of a a person who has been ill. And, you know, I, I applaud this lady because... This is exactly what would happen to most police officers if they intervene in these circumstances, and I'm sad to say that these circumstances are far too common. I'm not, I am not—I don't know that every instance where a police officer is called in this country, somebody's going to get a beat down. I'm not claiming that at all, but I am saying that it is far too common. This is my job, yeah. and I, I report on this stuff, and I see it constantly. And sadly, what I don't see is other police officers attempting to stop the behavior. Of course not. Uh, You know, you can check out more at freetalklive.com, where in the meantime, uh, we'll be back in uh, 21 hours. Free Talk Live.